1: admonition of scripture do you Joel take Kirsten to be your lawfully wedded wife do you promise to support her and love her for life do you solemnly pledge before God and these witnesses that you will forsake all others and be faithful only to her for the remainder of your life if so answer I will I will Kirsten, do you take Joel to be your lawfully wedded husband? Do you promise to love, honor, and respect him? Do you solemnly pledge before God and these witnesses that you will forsake all others and be his faithful wife for the remainder of your life? If so, answer, I will.
0: I do. Woo! man, who, who are those kids? Are they like 12 years old? Come on, Mike Gundy's got nothing on me, baby. And, and my kids keep asking me to bring back the stash. My wife has told me if the stash comes back, it's gonna be a cold winter. And I'm, I don't choose to do that. Man, how about Shannon and the band, guys? That was amazing. And how appropriate in our series for better or worse. Listen, uh, my name is Joel LaCourse and uh, I am not the pastor. Uh, Our pastor is in Kenya, come on, give a shout out to Justin, he's watching. Hey, Pastor Justin. Man, he's going to be back next week and he is going to be so fired up about what God is doing in Kenya. And he's got some amazing things to share with you here. But uh, I get the opportunity to teach uh, our men's ministry, our FC's men. And and, come on, our FC's men, give me a little grunt. Yeah. Now, uh, I have to be honest. Guys, um, this is a much better looking crowd. Uh, No offense, but uh, I'm really honored and pleased to be here. Um, So, this week was Valentine's week. Uh, In case you didn't and are not aware of that, uh, we have a a survival kit out in the back. Um, I I saw at Home Depot yesterday, they're selling uh, a dozen roses for $2.99. Man, go buy everything you can do because you are in such trouble. Listen, uh, this, this series that Justin has is called For Better or Worse. And where does that concept and where does that expression come from? It comes from the vows that I exchanged 25 years ago. The same vows that many of you guys have exchanged. And, and 25 years ago, I made that commitment and that pledge to my wife. And, and many of my family and friends from that day are here today. And I wanna thank you guys because your love, your support, the accountability that we have shared in all of these years has what kept us together for better or worse. You see, what we have this unique group, there's about 10 of us couples that we all had kids grow all up together and we, we shared and we babysat each other and we did all of these things and here's, here's an amazing thing as a result of that group. All of those couples today are still married. All of those kids are serving Jesus. And I'm telling you, folks, there is something about accountability. There's something about being real with each other. And so, guys, I thank you. I thank you for the role that you've played in my life. I thank you for all that you've done uh, in me, especially today. And So I just want to acknowledge you. Um, Singles, hang on. We're gonna talk about some truths, but don't, you hear a marriage message and you immediately kind of tune out. Hang on there with me, guys. I promise you there's gonna be some good stuff. But this comes from the vow. So, what is a vow anyway? What is a vow? A vow is a spiritual covenant to do or to act in a certain way before God. We exchange vows at weddings. We don't exchange contracts, right? It's not like you see in the White House where, you know, every letter, Joel, J, okay, here's a pen, party favor. Oh, here's a party favor. No. We exchange vows and covenants because they have a certain significant meaning before the Lord. And we're going to talk about that. Now, statistically, I look across this room and the reality is 40 to 50% of you have been through a divorce or are gonna go through a divorce. Some of you, it's through no fault of your own. This has been put on you. It's been forced on you. If it was up to you, you'd still be committed to your vows today. Some of you, it's because of situations or abuse and and other situations. But for, for you, I wanna tell you that we serve a restoration God. And what does restoration mean? Restoration means putting something old back into its original condition. Man, God's desire for you, even though you've been through this really difficult situation, you've had things happen to you, God's God's promise as a restoration God is to restore you back into that same place so that as you look in the future, as you have hope for the future, God's gonna restore those things in your life. For others of you, We serve a forgiving God. Man, if if, if there's some of you who actually perpetrated that dissolution and and you're the one who wanted it, um, for, for whatever reason, I'm telling you, we have a God who forgives us. He says that your sins are as far as the east is from the west, they are abolished, they are as if it never happened. And and he wants to restore you, he wants to put your feet on sure footing so that as you go forward, you are looking in the windshield and not in the rearview mirror. And that's what God wants for you today. But what we're gonna talk about is the reality that God created marriage. And we're gonna talk about the ideals of how the designer made this to be. And the truths about it. So, so if you'll just hang in there with me, we're gonna get through this, but I, I, we just need to kinda put through it because truth is truth, right? And, and we've gotta prove forward and we wanna just reveal what that truth is. So if we understand these two philosophies, that some people view marriage as a contract and others view marriage as a vow. If it's just a contract or an agreement, it's like, Kirsten, man, I love you. I pinky promise to be with you for the rest of my life. Man, what power and authority has that? It has nothing. See, man and judges can dissolve contracts and agreements. But it is only the King of kings and the Lord of lords who has the authority and jurisdiction over our marriages and covenants and vows. Listen to what Malachi says. Here's Malachi 2.14. But God was there as a witness when you spoke your marriage vows to your young and beautiful bride. (laughs) Woo! Let me say that again. God was there as a witness. And now you've broken those vows. You've broken the faith bond with your vowed companion, your covenant wife, or husband. God, not you, made marriage. God, not you, made marriage. And his spirit, his Holy Spirit, inhabits even the smallest details of marriage. And what does God want from marriage? Children of God, that's what. So guard the spirit of the marriage within you. Man, this is a command to men and women alike. We had this marriage in front of family and friends and all these people, but the reality is, you know who the most important person there who was present? Was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That that when you saw us up there, man, it wasn't just us and our family and friends. The Lord most high was our witness. He was the one who observed what our vows were. He is the one who stood in its place. He is the one who said, I recognize this covenant of marriage and I am here to take authority and control over it. That's the distinction, folks. And, and listen, what does that say? It says, and his spirit inhabits even the smallest details of your marriage. Man, the little things matter. The little things matter in your marriage and in your relationships, right? If if we get casual with our marriages and relationships, there's an expression that says, casualness leads to casualty. Casualness leads to casualty. And man, we have to recognize that God wants us to pay attention to the details of his marriage. Man, listen to his Holy Spirit inside of you. Man, my wife and I made a commitment. Even when we had little kids growing up, it, it, Justin talked about who last week, man, who, who is your identity and your kids, is your identity, man, our identity needs to be in Christ. And the reality is, is that my wife and I needed to spend time together. And so Friday nights or sometime during the weekend, we made a commitment to have date night. Because, you know, it's not not like the military, right? I gave you the order then until I tell you something different, it stands today. I told you I loved you 25 years ago, babe. Do I need to keep telling you? I'm not changing the order. No, 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 no. You have to pay attention to your marriages. You have to be aware of the details of it. Man, God designed the marriage. It was his idea. And if he designed it, then he understands what's necessary to make it thrive, right? If he inhabits the details of our marriage, it's his desire for us to have oneness and oneness through the covenant of marriage. Listen to what Ecclesiastes says. When you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. Over and over and over again. Man, for better or worse is not one time. For better or worse is every day. It's every day. A vow doesn't have an expiration date on it. Or it doesn't have a, I vow to you so long as you remain fit and healthy and strong because my wife would have been gone a long time ago. right? I vow to love you so long as you have a full head of hair. Woo! There's a reason that I can't do the mullets. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Man, it's a vow. I mean, for some of you, it's, it's that whole, it's I will stay with you so long as blank. That's not God's promise. When you understand that the vow and the covenants that we have are the same covenants that we had when we became children of the Lord. The covenant that he says, when you give your life to me, I promise you eternal life. That same covenant is what we have in our marriages. And if you understand the power of the covenant, that it's enduring through the seasons of life, it's enduring through, for better or worse, it's the vow that keeps us stuck together in our marriages. That's a reality. Okay, now, there are two groups of people in this world. There's the people who love the fair, and there's the people who hate the fair. I am a fair lover. I love the fair. My wife can't stand the fair. If she goes once every five years, that's once every five years too much. Me, I go four or five times a year and I get a funnel cake and I get a turkey drum leg and I'm in, come on, that's Jesus, right? Woo, (laughs) hallelujah. I'm telling you, I buy the mega pack. If I can get five days of tickets, I get it. And I'm the guy, man, I go to every booth and I start talking to the, man, I talk to the carnies and I talk to the, you know, I I got the sushi, the sushi maker thing, right? I mean, I'm that guy who buys that junk that they sell and that stuff. Well, I, I had a friend of mine says, Joel, man, you've got to go to this one booth. And I'm telling you, Joel, they built the International Space Station with this thing and it's called the last glue you'll ever need. And I, I'm telling you, this, they're serious about this. And when anything breaks in our house, anything breaks, dad, get the last glue you'll ever need. And man, I am sticking it together. And, and I use this stuff. And you only need a little drop. I mean, this, I got this thing three years ago and there's, it's still, you know, full, okay? So we have this neurotic golden doodle. Oh, Jesus. And it is my wife's dog. Hallelujah, grace. Well, Russell, the neurotic doodle last week was bounding our house and he hit a a buffet and crashed this ceramic thing that we had, this ceramic piece that we have. And so, of course, dad, get the Joel, get out the glass glue. So I'm out there last week and I am, I'm busting it through, got the the stuff. And I'm telling you, it works. This is now Russell-proof. It it is Russell-proof. Put the glue in, get it done, get the piece together, all together. And I realize... My fingers are stuck. (laughs) I I swear, I'm not making. This is this is the truth, right? And and I am, and I'm like, I can't get them off. I, I they are. I mean, they are stuck, and I can't pull this stuff off. And I'm like, Kirsten, I, there's Kirsten, come here quickly. Kirsten, come on. And and she's like doing something. I'm like, Kirsten, I mean now, go get the paint thinner. Go get fingernail polish remover. And we're pouring everything on, it, and I I can't get it unstuck. And I'm thinking I got to get a pocket knife. I'm going to have to stinking cut my fingers off because of the ceramic, which all goes back to my dog, right? <laughs> Finally, I busted up. I mean, to this day, I have bruise marks on my fingers from having to pull that stupid stuff apart because, and I am telling you folks, our vows are the last glue you'll ever need in your marriages. It is the last glue that you'll ever need in your marriages because when you understand the power of the vow, it doesn't matter what gets poured on it. It doesn't matter if it's finances, it's going to be stuck. It doesn't matter if it's good news, it's going to be stuck. It doesn't matter if it's health, it's going to be stuck. It, it doesn't matter what happens because the power of the vow, it is the last glue that you will ever need. It is not going to come off. And, and I promise you folks, when, when, when bad things happen, you have to be able to fall back on that because if it's just about so long as you're going to be in trouble. But if you understand the power about a year and a half ago, my wife was diagnosed with cancer. And, man, we had to go through the whole skin caboodle. And I, I will tell you, it's the wildest thing. There was never, ever a time that it was so long as. It's like the spirit of the Lord just came up inside of me. And man, we had, we were sharing bald spots together, taking pictures. I mean, mean, now look at her now. My wife is healthy, beautiful, strong, full head of hair. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I am telling you, it's because of the spirit of the Lord inside of me. It's because an understanding of what covenant is. And it's an understanding of what the vow is. And I will tell you today, that that's what he decides for you. Listen what it says in Matthew 19. It says, "What God has joined together." Because it's not our marriage, it's his marriage. Remember what we said in Malachi? God was there. God created it. What God has joined together in Matthew 19, let no man or thing, or event, separate us. Nothing shall separate us. No thing, no man, no nothing. And I don't care if it's sickness. I don't care if it's disease. I don't care if it's finance. If you understand the power of the vow, you are stuck. And it's gonna last, and it's gonna be enduring for the seasons of life. Hallelujah. Now listen. If he designed it, and he created it, then who do you think can fix it? man, we are so quick to go to Dr. Oz. We are so quick to run to Dr. Phil. Now, now, now listen, we are so quick to go to the girl in the cubicle next to us. We are so quick to ask the guys in the locker room, man, can you believe my wife? I can't. We are so quick to get advice from all of these people why not ask the maker? Why not ask the guy who designed it? Man, we're going to ask all these people who may or may not know the maker when you have access to the maker. Listen, he's not playing hide the ball with you. I promise you, he's not playing hide the ball. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. Ask, and it shall begin. I mean, the Bible, this, listen, you want contract on paper, here's your contract. The word of God is the covenant that gives you the answers to how this thing gets fixed. Ask him and he's gonna tell you, all right? Listen, his desire is for us to have long, it's, it's his covenant. He loves the marriage. Why does he love the marriage? Because what do I expect from marriage? Children of God, both literally and figuratively. Because if you guys are living in great relationships, then it naturally breeds. It naturally breeds other children of God. And that's the desire of the Father, to bring glory to him through your relationships. All right, now, marriage just is, or vows aren't just for the married. Where are my, where are my singles? Where are my, oh, you, oh, are you gang? Come on, raise your hand. I see you all in here. You know, it just freaks me out, this whole wedding thing, because we spend, Thousands and thousands of dollars on this marriage for thirty minutes, and and I've got a daughter who's a senior at you, and uh, the the whole vow thing and the marriage thing. If we if we understood, if we actually took the amount of money that we spent for our weddings and divided it by thirty minutes, the cost per it, it's just it's just. So, honey, I'll make a deal with you. We'll give you a, you know a thousand dollars just to. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Listen. I love, I love the, the oh, my ORU oh, friends and our ORU oh, family. The challenge is, is, they, is that because we live in town, we have a lot of them that come to our house a lot. And so I'll get a call from one of my kids. Hey, Dad, can we come over? Sure, honey, how many think you're going to have? Oh, I think there's going to be 25 of us, and we're going to do this. And so, man, Kirsten and I are making food, and we're flipping burgers, and we're making pots of food. And three people show up. Then they'll say, hey, dad, we're just gonna be a couple of us that come over. There's just gonna be two or three of us. And the next thing you know, we've got 30 kids at our house and we're like cutting M&Ms to give to everybody. I mean, no, this is like the truth. And it's like, I got one bag of chips and they're like putting the crumbs in. And, and I love it, we love it, we're blessed. But here's, here's the problem with so many millennials is that We all say yes. Oh, that sounds great. I'm going to do it until the next best thing comes along. Here's what James says. Look at what James says. James 5, 12. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or earth or with any oath, but let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes lest you fall into judgment. Mm, it's real quiet now. Let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes. Listen, I, 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 I wrestle with this myself, man. All these, these great opportunities come. Oh yeah, man, I wanna be there, I'm there, that sounds good. Until two things happen, either I realize that I'm overcommitted, I can't do it, or I fall in that same trap, the next best thing comes along. And what does Deuteronomy say? It says, when you make a vow or a promise to the Lord, do not delay in fulfilling it, otherwise you will surely hold yourself accountable as a sinner. Refrain from making a vow and it will not be sinful. In other words, just say no. Just say no. The two most powerful letters in the universe are N-O. No, I can't do that. Man, what happens? How can you be, you're free from sin. You can't be held accountable to that. Just say no, but if you say yes, verse 23, but if you say yes, whatever you vow, you must be careful to do what you have promised. Ladies and gentlemen, you get one shot at your reputation. Oh are you students, young people? You get one shot at doing this. And if you become that person where your reputation is impugned, it takes years and years and years to try to get it restored. What does is, what is, uh, uh, Proverbs 22 say? Guard your reputation, for it is more valuable than gold or riches. Guard your reputation, for it's more valuable. Listen, you have to take whatever measures you can to protect that right now. Let your word be your word. You need to be people of integrity. You need to be people of character. You need people where they say, you know what, if he said it, we can count on it, you can rely on it. That's what the children of God are called to be through James, amen? All right. Nike had it when it was just do it, right? If you say you're gonna do something, just do it. And if you can't, just say no. All right, so everybody walked in here and you were given a poker chip. Uh, no, no, you were given a chip. All right, first of all, my, our official stance is Foundations Church does not condone gambling. We don't believe in gambling, it is not a good thing. The chip does not represent that we are having alternative source for our tithing and offering. I I, I saw somebody throw one of these in the bucket. You're not going to get any credit for it. If you go to the local, if you try to go bring this to one of the casinos, they will throw you in jail. Do not do that. But the have you noticed on television, all of these poker tournaments are all on there. I mean, it's like they're they're everywhere. And and I'll be honest, I I don't know anything about poker. I, I see people and they've got, you know, they put a couple cards down and, and the percentages go up because they've got, you know, two I, I don't know what any of that means. I, honestly, I, I know what none of it means. But here's what I know. You should get all these guys around a table, right? They're all sitting around a table and, and all of them have sunglasses on. And they all got these hats on, right? And my daughter is so embarrassed right now Woo-hoo, that's for you, honey. <clears throat> and, and they're all around the table, and they're looking, you know, and then all of a sudden, sometime during the event, they'll have these piles of chips, and they go all in. Whoa! And everybody goes crazy. Oh, man, they're all in, and everybody stands up, and they're cheering, and they're all, and I don't know what's going on, except everybody's all excited about it, and, and they've got all their chips on. They got nothing else because they've committed it all onto the table, And I'm telling you, that's the calling that God has for you in your life. God has called you to live an all-in life. Everybody, hold up your chip. God has called you guys not to stick this as a way of escape, as a little stash on the side, as a little way, just in case. I got more. Um... He's called you to take your chips and put them all in. Listen what Elijah said, and, and 1 Kings says. 1 Kings 19. Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went to him, Elisha, and he threw his cloak around him, and Elisha left his oxen and ran after Elijah. And he said, Elijah, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye and then I will come with you. And Elijah said, go back. What have I I done to you? Go ahead, go back. So Elisha left him. He went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate it. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. So what did Elisha do? Did Elisha say, okay, great prophet of God, the prophet who has burned down the altars of Baal, who has done these amazing things. Okay, great prophet, I'll follow you, but do you mind if I like put my yoke and my oxen kind of in the shed and hey mom and dad would you watch this stuff just in case this whole prophet thing doesn't work out no 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 no. what did Elisha do man he burned it all he had this huge rager party where he, man, he killed the, all the strap he, he killed the oxen he gave all the stuff away and man that guy was all in there was no reservation in his life and I'm telling you that's what God's called you to do Hernando Cortez in the great Spanish conquest in the New Land, 11 ships, 600 soldiers. They come across from Spain to the New World. They land in, in, in the Americas. They get off the ship, a world they knew nothing about. And what does Cortez do? Burns the ships. Now imagine the soldiers, whoa, 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 what are you doing there? What, what if this doesn't work out? What what, what, man we need a way to get back no Cortez said we are all in we are going to make it and it eliminates this concept of escape in our lives and I am telling you that's what God has called us to do how many of you guys have ships in the harbor how many of us have kept these little stashes of just in case it doesn't work out Man, God's called you guys into some amazing ministries. You have some unbelievable callings in your life for business, for relationship. And you're holding these little piles back and you wonder why it's not working. God's called us to an all-in life. For some of us in our walks, listen, I've got three college kids. I'm excited about all of them getting married and bringing home spouses. But the one thing we're not going to be is I'm not going to be a ship in the harbor for escape, right? Genesis 2.24 says, For this reason, a man shall leave his mother and his father and shall cleave unto his wife. Young couples, you need to do a little more leaving and a little more cleaving, if you know what I'm saying. Come on. Somebody say man. Come on. Yeah. Woo. You know what I'm saying. But listen, you can't, man, man, we keep these relationships and we keep these unhealthy things on the side. And they're ways of escape for us to not address what God has called us to. You wonder why, you wonder why you're not receiving the blessing in your life. Listen, I, I did not tell these guys what to sing today. I surrender all. This, this is an I surrender all. I, I, this is just the Lord. We have to live an I surrender all lifestyle. That's having all your chips in. that has, And some of you are doing it with your walk in the Lord. Man, on Sunday, you are all in here. Glory to God. But when Monday happens, you're in that other ship. God's not called us to that. He says, I would rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. Because what does he do in Revelation when he says you're lukewarm? He spews you out of his mouth. And I'm telling you, the same concept works in our relationships. It works in our business dealings. It works in the callings that we have in your life. Man, you need to get all in. Some of you today, you're gonna need to hold this chip up and write all in on the chip and date it for today, and, and, and just like on, um, you know, for alcohols, alcoholics, when they have that five-year chip and their coin in their pocket, so when it gets really hard, they know, man, I can do this. I can make this. Some of you need this. You need to know when the chimes get hard, when it's for better or worse, when the seasons in life endure, that you are all in. And you can make it. You can make it when that time gets hard in your ministry and your calling. You can make it when it's time for that new business and that new dealings to take place. You mean do it, but you have to be all in. Listen, what happened to Elijah? So Elijah left in a chariot of fire and he, and he remained and Elisha remained. But what did Elisha ask for when, when the prophet left? He said, just give me a double portion of your blessing what the only thing i ask for is a double portion and i am telling you and elisha got it but he got it because he was all in some of you are going to have a double portion of blessing in your life it's coming it's coming. But the way that you get there is you need to get all in in what happens. The Bible says that it happens with the tithing. It happens in your finances. You need to not hold these things back. Well, I'm good, except I need to keep this. No, no, no. God has called us. Lord, it's yours. I surrender it all to you this day. Hallelujah. All right. At the end of a marriage ceremony, my final point is we reach the final conclusion and the pinnacle of the marriage and that is this.
1: Joel, you may kiss your bride. (laughs) It is a pleasure to introduce to you for the very first time Mr. and Mrs. Joel LaCourse.
0: That's the double portion right there, folks. <clears throat> Man, the last point is, is you need to embrace your name. And as a married couple, listen, I, I, I know how you girls do it. In the weeks, and the months, in advance of that, you're practicing. You know, I saw Kirsten, I saw you. Do I do the big loopy Of course? I mean, and then as soon as they close the notebook, oh, well, I, you, I didn't see that, you didn't see that. No, we know what you're doing. You're practicing your fancy, and, and, and that's okay. Man, because the whole concept in embracing a new name in marriage is it's figurative of two becoming one, right? It's figurative of, of the grafting into the vine that Justin talked about last week. Two becoming one. And, and it's more than just legal. It's spiritual. It's a covenant that you guys have now entered into. And for, for the husband, it's, man, I now have a new responsibility. I, I now get to share my name with somebody. I now get to. It's an amazing concept. And so many of us forget that um, the power that comes with a new name, and it's that's the way we are in Christ. When you became born again, you took on a new name. When you became born again, you became a child of the Most High King. And when you become a child of the Most High King, you become available to all of the rights and responsibilities and benefits that a kid of the most high king gets. Listen to what it says here. It says in Romans 8, 16, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children of God, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Man, we need to understand who we are in Christ and what that means because in 1 Peter 1:4 it says we have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Man, it is there for the taken. All right? And 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 as a Lacourse, my kids get to enjoy the things that we have as Lacourses. Right? They get to come and go freely in our house. They get to scour and ravage and deplenish all the food in my cabinets. Glory, but but they have the right to come and go, and it's the same way that we are with our heavenly Father. Man, God has called us. Listen to what He says in Matthew seven. He says, "Which of you, if your sons ask for bread or chips in the cupboard, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? But if you, then, though who are evil," know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will our Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Psalm 8411, it says, no good thing does God withhold from his children. Man, if we get a revelation from the Holy Spirit of who we are in Christ and what the Father's attitude is towards us, it'll change how you walk. It'll change how you talk. It'll change how you pray. It'll change how you interact with others because you will understand that I am an heir with Christ and a joint heir with the Father. You will understand that you don't need to walk in defeat and in darkness, that we have already the victory and my inheritance is there, and it's never going away. It is ours for the asking, and it's ours for the taking. It's an unbelievable revelation, and it's not just spiritual. I will tell you, it's in a legal setting. Listen, when children are adopted, they take on the same rights as a natural biological child. So when you stand with an adopted child and a biological child, their rights are exactly the same. There is no distinction and difference, and that's what's happened with us. A couple weeks ago, I had an unbelievable opportunity uh, to be a part of Ben and Chelsea Eden, their life. How many of you guys know the Edens? they went through an adoption of their son connor ben adopted him and there's a picture of them uh, it, it was an unbelievable day that we got to go down and uh connor's 7 years old and he man that guy was so excited we were outside, and, and he's like, When's the judge gonna see me? W-w-w- when's the judge gonna see me, right? I mean, he was just like, So here, is it? Does the judge? I'm like, Connor, man, the judge wants to see you. It's gonna be so cool. He wants to see me? Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. It's gonna be so much fun. And so we went in there and we did the proceeding, and at the end of the proceeding, the judge asked if we wanna come up and take some pictures, and then we were invited. If we wanted to pray, we could pray. And so we all cuddled up in a big circle and all got together and the judge asked Connor, said, Connor, do you, do you wanna pray? And says, Connor, yeah, man, I, I, I wanna pray. I, I wanna pray. <laughs> and Connor says, dear Jesus, Thank you for this day. Today is a good day, Jesus, because today I get a new name. I'm telling you, it hits me every time. (sighs) Because today I get a new name. It's not because he was getting an Xbox or G.I. Joe, the Kung Fu grip, or any present or any. Today he got a new name. And the profound power of that simple prayer, it'll change your life. Some of you need to understand that you have a new name. because you have that new name, it'll change your life. You have available to you fellowship with the King of Kings. You have today the availability to throw it all out there and say, God, I trust you. I surrender it all to you. And I know that you have me in your hands. You're not gonna withhold anything from me because I am your child, because I have the same name as you, Lord Jesus. And it's a beautiful name. Today, I have a new name. And when you can understand the power and significance of that, folks, it'll transform your life. Shannon's gonna lead us in a song. We're gonna come back and pray. If you'll just stand.